Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Odds On Podcast, your home of football and sports betting. My name's Dan Tracy and for the next 45 minutes I'm joined by two top guests as we dissect all the numbers, look for the value and find those long shots before this weekend's football action. As I say, it's not just me on the show today, so before we start waxing lyrical about wagers, let's get the introductions out of the way. First up, I'm joined by James Caps. James, it's a pleasure to have you on the show again. How have you been this past week? Yeah, all good, thank you. Very quiet weekend on the football front, of course, so looking forward to getting back to some normality over the next few days. Absolutely, and last but certainly not least is Jamie Brown. Jamie, I hope all is well. How have you been this past seven days? Yeah, well, look, I would say I'm usually all good, but uh, unfortunately I'm a Spurs fan this week. So, um, yeah, not not the best, obviously, after that result. But, uh, look, we, we move on and uh, hopefully some better results to come for Spurs. Yeah, let's move swiftly on then. So let's get the intros out of the way, which are now done. And let's get down to business, actually, because, of course, before we start, wherever you bet, check first with freebets.com, your best place for offers, tips and insights. And from a social media point of view, if you're placing any bets this weekend, let us know via the odds on podcast hashtag... And who knows, we may be discussing your winners on next week's show. OK, where should we start first? Let's go to the South Coast as Brighton are now looking for a new manager after Graham Potter's departure to Chelsea. Now, good shout James for correctly predicting that one. But who is in your crystal ball when you're looking at who comes into the job at the Amex? Well, the odds-on favourite for the job at 8-13 to 13 is Lons boss Frank Hazer, a 51-year-old who hasn't actually got a huge wealth of senior management experience, but he's certainly making up for lost time. He's earned his stripes in B-team football, but has an excellent 45% win rate with Lons since taking the reins two and a half years ago. He guided them to seventh in league going last season and the third and unbeaten so far in this campaign. So a few parallels in the Lons trajectory that you could draw alongside Brighton. So the prospect of his appointment certainly makes some sense. Looking through the rest of the betting options, it looks like it's going to be a bit of a left-field appointment, so it'll be interesting to see what pans out over the next week or so. Which means the market has all changed in the last 24 hours, because when I did the notes, Kajetel Knutson was the favourite at odds of 6-4. to four. He's been doing quite a good job as manager of Bodo Glimt, and I guess he's been gaining more prominence due to their exploits in Europe over not just this season, but the season before. Now, Jamie, do you think he'll be tempted by the law of the Premier League? Yeah, man, look, he certainly seems to be one of the top choices. Um, obviously, made a really strong impression at Bode over the last couple of years. He's been there for three years now. You know, he won back-to-back Norwegian titles there. He's won three managers, uh, Manager of the Year awards there in his time. Of course, in Europe, he's done very well. We've obviously seen him, you know, guide Bodo to the quarterfinals of the Europa Conference League. Got that infamous six, you know, that massive win over, over Jose Mourinho's Roma as well. So he certainly feels like he's the manager who does deserve his chance in Europe. Now, I think he was linked with the Norwich job and he's been linked with some various other jobs in, in kind of the Premier League and some of the other top leagues. So it does feel as though that it maybe is his time to kind of come to one of the top five leagues. And, um, you know, Brighton does seem the right kind of fit. He, you know, he's a guy who plays expansive football, you know, attacking wise. And, and kind of we've seen that with Brighton and, and Graham Potter. So it certainly feels like that would be quite a good appointment. Um, he's also a manager who's kind of worked his way up through the ranks at, you know, maybe a smaller league as well, similar to what we saw Graham Potter do. So, you know, maybe it does feel like kind of the right fit and, and, and uh, you know, a real successor to, to Graham Potter. So um, I think this is quite an interesting one, you know, seven to two as well. Um, you know, at the time of recording, I think that that's fairly decent value for this one. So, um, yeah, I, I quite like the look at this one at seven to two, especially at, at that price. Now, another name, which is supposedly on the Brighton radar, is Steve Cooper. So, James, Forrest have purchased 20-plus players. I've lost count of the exact number, but we all know it's a lot. That's in the past month or so. 
With that in mind, could you envisage their manager moving on at roughly six to one? I don't really see it at this no. moment in time. I think philosophically the move could have some merit. It just certainly makes a bit of sense. But I think Forrest are a sleeping giant in this division, as much as it pains me to say it as a Derby County fan. But if Steve Cooper can get things right on the pitch, then there's real scope for this side to go places. We've seen that owner Evangelos Maranakis isn't afraid to put his money where his mouth is. And I think if Cooper compares the two jobs, he won't really think that the grass is greener on the south coast. Well, Jamie, another name in the mix is Celtic's Ange Postacoglu. Also about 6-1 to one when you look across the bookmakers. Do you think he could move on from Celtic or is such a switch a little too early for the Australian coach? Yeah, I think, I think it's probably the similar, similar case to with Steve Cooper. It's probably a bit too early for him to move on now. I think he's also in a, in a good job as well. I think they're in the Champions League. They're obviously a side who you know are going to be right up there in terms of pushing for the Scottish title this season. I think they probably will go on to win it, how strong they've been. So I, I, I think, and again, he's just doing a very good job there. So I think that I don't think he'll want to leave that job. So I think he's probably off the list. Um, so yeah, I, I probably wouldn't see, I don't see him leaving Celtic. And uh, yeah, this is one I, I would almost certainly rule out. Yeah, I mean, if you could have any pick, if you're a Brighton fan, I think you probably would go for someone like Ange Postacoglu. But with the circumstances you just said, Jamie, it's going to be incredibly hard to lure the Australian away from Celtic Park. But that's enough Premier League chat from the Brighton point of view for now. Although Brighton Crystal Palace is not on this weekend, seven games still are. We're going to focus on those in a moment. But as mentioned before, Graham Potter has moved to Chelsea. The Blues are currently 11-10 to to finish in the top four at the end of the season. So James, do you think the former Brighton boss can now lead his new employees back to the Champions League next season? Yeah, I think he'll do well. He's proved in the past with Brighton that he can tactically compete with the big managers in this division. So really interested to see how he applies those tactics to a better quality of player in this Chelsea squad. It's a congested top four battle this year, of course, with Manchester United and Arsenal looking strong. But Chelsea are only three points off fourth and you have plenty of time to make some ground up. Although because of postponements and the international break, we'll have to wait until the 1st of October to see them in Premier League action again. So Graham Potter, I'm sure, will be getting stuck into them on the training pitch for the time being. He certainly will. I guess that's a blessing in disguise where you've got those two free weeks. I know Chelsea play in the Champions League tonight when we record that being Wednesday but you know two spare weeks in the Premier League is a bit of a godsend really and it's not really being thrown into the deep end you can work with the players you've inherited and hopefully hit the ground running but Jamie last week I said with Chelsea there's always the element of risk when you take a job as manager do you think now there's the new owner him being in charge for a few months and now he's got his man in charge does that see a change of mindset in terms of long-term planning at Stamford Bridge? Yeah, I think it's I think it's quite difficult to tell at the moment just because we've seen so much change recently at Chelsea. Obviously, you know, new owners, new people in the boardroom and, and then, of course, you know, a new manager coming in. So it's kind of difficult to understand how, how Chelsea are going to operate and kind of what they are going to expect. But I think just given the culture at Chelsea, you know, amongst the supporters, I think I'll kind of fear for him in a way just because I think they're going to be ex- expecting instant success so you know in a way this is a very different challenge from him you know when he's been at Swansea um, at Brighton and of course you know his other clubs as well he's not really had that pressure so that's going to be really interesting to kind of see how how he manages that and I I think he is going to have to deliver instant success I think he's got the potential to do that because I think this squad is already well geared up for him I think it's you know already set up and obviously we see all Tuchel set up in a similar way to what he did at Brighton obviously with three centre-backs wing-backs I think that that's good. that's going to be the interesting thing. He's got some really top centre backs there to work with. He's got you know fantastic wing backs. You've got Rhys James, Mark Kukurea, obviously a guy he's really worked with before. Ben Chilwell, who looks like you know again he's just coming back from injury, but has started to impress already. 
So I, d- I do think that that squad is well geared towards him and, and potentially having that end success. But it's, it's, I think it's so difficult to tell at the moment with Chelsea just because there has been so much change throughout the whole of the club. So um, it's going to be interesting. But as I said, I, I think there is definitely potential there for there to be a success just because of the way the squad, the, the state the squad's in at the moment. So uh, definitely a very, very interesting appointment this one. But I, I can see it being a success. I guess from Potter's point of view, you're almost damned if you do and damned if you don't when you're still at Brighton because if you move on, you get the bit of pushback from Brighton fans saying, well, he's left us high and dry. But if you stay, it's all about timing, isn't it? If you don't take those opportunities when they come about, you might stay too long at Brighton. They might have a bad season, finish, I don't know, like 15th, for example, and then your own personal stock decreases, then you're not as attractive to big six clubs. So it is all about timing. I think you can't really blame Potter for the opportunity that's come about. Yes, it comes with its own risk that we mentioned both this week and last, but again, I think you'd be a bit silly if you didn't take the job. But let's move on to players now, and players that it's not quite working for at the start of this season. I know Mo Salah scored last night in the Champions League, but let's look at his Premier League record thus far. James, do you think a change of attacking style since Sadio Mane's departure from Anfield has now undercut the Egyptian king somewhat? Yeah, I think it's the combination of a few things. I think there's been a bit of a shift tactically. He's been spending more time out wide and in those central areas, so naturally goals will be fewer and further between. The loss of Mane certainly gives opponents one less thing to worry about, meaning Salah perhaps gets a bit more defensive attention. And I thought it's worth a lot, Luis Diaz, but I don't have him down as world-class while Mane very much is. And finally on Salah, generally, he's just playing without that confidence and predatory instinct at the minute. And he's one of those players that when he doesn't play with that zip, he just looks that little bit average. Well, Jamie, if we're talking about one Golden Boot winner going off the boil, we may as well talk about the other from last season. No goal as of yet for Hyunmin Song. What would you do if you were in Antonio Conte's position? Yeah, well, look, Conte's now got kind of the luxury of being able to rotate, obviously bringing in Richarlison. So he's got the option now to kind of, if he wants to drop one of those front three and, and Kulusevski, Kane and, and Son, he's, he's got Richarlison who can come in and do that. So... um for me, I would I probably would bring in, you know, or, or certainly bring in Kulusevski back into the team. I think that's a strange one, you know, that we've seen Kulusevski kind of drop. But we, we saw yesterday as well, or, you know, in the game against Sporting, he came in and had an immediate impact. So, um, yeah, I think I think it's going to be a case of where humans probably will need to be dropped. I think Kulusevski is a guy who has to be starting. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's been a really tough start. I think... Obviously, they've been getting results for Spurs and that, that's been a great thing. But I think the performances have been a slight concern. So I think this has kind of been the wake-up call that Spurs needed. And I think it feels maybe a almost a make-or-break moment here for Conte because, as I said, performances have not been great. And maybe this result did feel like it was coming. So now, you know, he's got to make the right changes to kind of get Spurs, you know, back to winning ways, um, back to playing, you know, um, football that's going to be sustainable for, for a long period of the season. Because as I said... Yesterday's result really felt like it was was eventually going to come. So, um, yeah, I'm hoping that that now we've had this result, that Conte kind of realises he's got to change things up. He can't be stubborn and keep picking Jim Winson, who's just completely out of sorts at the moment. Can't drop Kulusevski, can't keep playing Emerson Royale. He's got to make more subs. So, lots of things to change for Conte. But uh, Jim Winson dropping to the bench is, is one change I think he's certainly got to make. Yeah, I'd agree on that front. I think also in general, we're seeing a shift away from the wide forward. They were very much in vogue for well, quite a long time, really. But I wouldn't say we're seeing the death of the wide forward, but we're certainly seeing the comeback of the centre forward. The likes of Haaland, Mitrovic, Kane, Ivan Tony, for example. You know, the, the number nine, the bustling striker, the back in fashion. And dare I say, the Premier League's probably a little bit better for it. 
Right, we're going bet building now as Tottenham play host to Leicester on Saturday evening as we're going to look to construct a winner. So, James, as always, I'd like an anytime goal scorer from you. What have you got for me? Well, it has to be Harry Kane, doesn't it? He has a superb record against Leicester, scoring 19 goals in just 18 appearances against the Foxes. So, no surprise that he's 10 to 11 to find the net in 90 minutes. Fantastic. And Jamie, from you, please, I'd like the over-under on the goals. Yeah, look, I've, I've gone quite big on this section a few times now, and I'm going to stick with that. I'm going to go for over 3.5 goals here. The last three meetings between these two sides have ended 4-2, 3-2 and 3-1, um, all in favour of Spurs. So, you know, there you go. Typically, it's been a high-scoring fixture. I think at the moment as well, Leicester have just been woefully defensively. You know, we've seen them obviously concede five to Brighton in their last outing. So I think Spurs can take advantage of that. I think Leicester as well could contribute towards goals in this one. Madison, Barnes, Vardy, obviously all guys who, who are capable of scoring. Um, and we've seen, you know, Spurs are, you know, susceptible to conceding goals as well. So um, I think this is going to be a high scoring one. I think it's going to be a really entertaining game. And uh, yeah, I'm going to go for over 3.5 goals. And I'm going to go for both teams to get a card market. But actually, I'm going to go for two cards, but actually only one team. To get two cards, that makes sense. So I only want one team to be a little bit more naughty. So with that option, I'm going to go with no. OK, then, just to recap, we've gone for James's pick of Harry Kane to score any time. We've gone for Jamie's pick of over 3.5 goals. We've gone for my pick of both teams to receive two cards. No, that means when you put £10 on the betting slip, a return is now £43.33. I don't think we've ever had a decimal one before, but hopefully it's a winning one. I hope you get it over the line. I hope we get it over the line. And now we're going to talk about the match itself, which means, James, we spoke about last week and Brendan Rodgers being in the last chance saloon, shall we say. The opening hours may have been extended by a week, but could defeat to Spurs be the true death knell in terms of his continued employment? Yeah, quite possibly. Not necessarily because a defeat to Spurs is a sackable offence, of course, but I think both parties know that the end is edging closer, shall we say. The Leicester board probably keen to freshen things up, while Brendan Rodgers himself probably feels as if he's taken his side as far as he can. I think that's probably right. Maybe it does need a new face to come in and begin the rebuild. Rodgers has done a decent job, but probably time for him to move on to pastures new. Well, Jamie, this question is probably undercut a little bit due to Tottenham's loss against Sporting on Tuesday night. But do you think the postponement of Man City versus Tottenham on Saturday may actually help Spurs in the short term in that they still go into Saturday's league clash unbeaten and that means there's still an element of momentum being generated in North London? Yeah, well, look, I, I think you have to take into account that Sporting defeat yeah. now. Um, and, I, and, and I'd have to say... You know he has to kind of respond now. I said I've been I said earlier. I think this kind of this defeat has been coming with the, some of the performances not been great. But I think the main thing is Spurs have been still picking up results. And I think with this one, you look at Leicester, obviously bottom of the table. You know completely out of sorts. I think they've lost five of their first six matches. So you know they're a team who are just totally out of form. Obviously suffered that big defeat to Brighton, losing five two. Um, so I, I think Spurs will get back to winning ways. But look, Antonio Conte, as I said, he's, he's got to look to change things. It's That's been needed anyway. It's not been working for his team, despite picking up results still. So, um, yeah, look, I hope we see the necessary changes. But I, I just think regardless of, of the way Spurs are playing, I think Leicester are just too poor at the moment. And uh, yeah, I, I can't say anything other than the Spurs, Spurs win here. As for the betting markets, the bookmakers are pricing Tottenham as short as 1-2 to two to win on Saturday. That's not going to make anyone rich, James, but have you got a bet that might? Well, I think you've got to be looking at combining the Spurs win with some form of goals, but especially when you look at the last few meetings between the two, Tottenham have won the last three with scorelines of 4-2, 
3-2 and 3-1. So these two tend to bring the best and worst out of each other, depending on your outlook, I suppose. So the Spurs win and both teams to score double is 19-10, to while a home win and over 3.5 goals has a bit more juice at 12-5. to Well, Jamie, Leicester, as you said, are good for at least two goals this season. Do you think Tottenham will add to their defensive woes at the weekend? Would you be putting over 1.5 Spurs goals on your accumulator at odds of 4-9? Yeah, well, look, James mentioned earlier about Harry Kane's record. I mean, I think that's the team he scored most against in the Premier League. So um, I think he'll be a guy who will be desperate to kind of get back on the score sheet and will certainly add to the goals. So, you know, over 1.5 goals, I think it's almost a certainty here. I'd even be looking at over 2.5 goals here for Spurs at 6-4. I look, I mean, I said they conceded five to Brighton. I think Spurs can definitely bounce back and get a number of goals here. I think, you know, we'll see Kulusevski come back into the team finally. I think he's so key for Spurs at the moment. We've seen how, you know, how again, how good he looked off the bench. And, you know, we've seen him a number of times come off and, and, and be so important attacking-wise for Spurs. So I think he'll start this one. And I think that that'll be really important for Spurs' attack. And, yeah, I can see Spurs getting a number of goals here and... Uh, I think the shout is at least over 2.5 goals. And as I said, you know, Spurs have can, you know, scored uh, three, three and four in the last three matches against Leicester. So, um, you know, typically they've always managed to get a number of goals against Leicester. And uh, that will certainly be the case here. I'm, I'm pretty certain over that. Fingers crossed on that front. Right. Time to cross your fingers again because we're going to the long shot Acker next. And let's hope we can get our first big winner over the line. Once again, anywhere in the world, odds between two to one and five to one. Jamie, you're up first this week. What have you got for me? Yeah, look, I'm, I'm going to cheer myself up a little bit here and I'm actually going to go for an Arsenal defeat here. I think this one is is probably a bit controversial given how Arsenal are playing at the moment, despite that defeat against Manchester United. Um, and I'm going to go for a Brentford win over Arsenal at 10-3. to I, I think I look at this fixture as well and kind of that 12pm kickoff. I think it's a very awkward time, you know, for an away trip, regardless of, you know, just being across London. Um, I think that that is an awkward time for Arsenal. I think as well, Brentford, we've seen them look so impressive this season. We've obviously seen them pick up some big results at home as well already. I think they've got players in that team who can hurt Arsenal. Obviously got the likes of Ivan Tony and Bermo. Um, and obviously, you know, again, they're, they seem to be a very well-oiled side at the moment. So um, I think it's a very big shout going for a Brentford win over Arsenal. But uh, that's what I've gone for. And James, what have you got up your sleeve? Well, Cardiff picked up an excellent away win at Middlesbrough midweek and they're on the road again on Saturday as they travel to a really hapless Huddersfield side that have won just once in nine games and actually sacked manager Danny Schofield on Wednesday. So I like the away win here at 17 to 10. Good shout. And my pick takes me to Villa Park as Aston Villa play host to Southampton. Although Villa will be boosted by their recent draw at home to Man City, the Premier League table doesn't really lie, does it? So I think points are going to be shared on Friday night and I'm back in the draw at odds of 13 to 5. And of course, check out freebets.com for all the latest offers and enhanced odds from all the leading bookmakers. Right, some more Premier League football now and a double dose of Friday football. First up, we go to Villa Park, as I just mentioned, as Aston Villa play host of Southampton. And James, what is the tale of the tape in this one? Well, it's certainly not a fixture that I relish when it comes to predicting a winner. In the Claret Corner, you have a Villa side that has just one win in 10 Premier League games stretching over from last season. While in the Red Corner, Southampton have just won away league wins since February. And a look at the heads-to-heads doesn't make life any easier. On first impression, you'd fancy Villa, who have won two of the last three. But Southampton have won five of the last seven. So a really tricky one to call. On the pitch, I don't think there'll be much in it. So I'm back in the draw at 23-10. to 10. 
Come join me, James. I like it. But Jamie, if you're looking at this game from a goals point of view, what bets take your fancy? Yeah, look, I'd, I'd probably agree there with a the draw. Um, I also think, I don't think it's going to be a particularly inspiring match either. I think Saints, they've failed to score in two of their last three matches. Um, Villa, they've managed to just get five goals all season. So two teams that who haven't been particularly prolific in front of goals. So I think in terms of goals, we all see that will be quite low. So under 2.5 goals here at Evens is probably the way to go. Yeah, I think if you're looking for a correct score, one all, I think that is the consensus. I think a draw, one all, job done, let's move on. And really, when we're looking at both teams from a top 10 point of view, actually, Aston Villa are 9-4 to achieve such a feat, James. Is it too early to place such a bet in such a volatile market? Well, in addition to the volatility of the market, I think it's a bet that represents pretty poor value. I know they showed a bit of fight in that draw against Man City a fortnight ago, but apart from that, it hasn't been all that inspiring. And there's plenty of congestion when it comes to the race for a top-half finish. The likes of Newcastle, West Ham, Wolves and Crystal Palace all sit in the bottom half currently alongside Villa and will have top 10 aspirations of their own. And I think the Hammers at 5-6, to six, despite their poor start, are a much better bet for the top half. Well, Jamie, by the same token, Southampton are at 11-4 to currently, which is equal to a 14th place finish. Do you think there are better picks on offer in this mid-table market? Yeah, I think that is the case. I think I think come the end of the season, I think there will only be kind of two places left in that, in that top 10 to kind of really fight for. I think we'll see the usual top six, of course, finish there. I think um, Brighton and Newcastle are two teams that are definitely going to be up there, in my opinion, as well. So that kind of leaves two places for the rest to kind of fight it out for. And uh, I don't th haven't really seen anything from Southampton yet to kind of suggest that they're going to be one of those two teams. So, um, yeah, I, th I think this is probably one I'd look to avoid. More Friday night football now as we look at Nottingham Forest versus Fulham at the City Ground. James, you can get 6-4 to four on Fulham earning maximum points before the weekend proper. Is this a bet that takes your fancy at all? Uh, no, not really. Would have to be close to two to one to take my fancy. I actually can't believe that Fulham are favourites for this one at one and a half to one. It doesn't really represent enough value to rule me in, although it wouldn't be a huge shock if they did win. But I think it's a losing bet value-wise if you back similar bets over the course of a season. But that said, the away side has won the last four times these two have met. So that will prick the attention of one or two. But I have this down as a game to avoid betting-wise. There's an element of unpredictability about the two that just puts me off. Well, Jamie, that price actually makes Marco Silva's men favourite before kickoff, which is a bit of a surprise. So, by the same token, Forest are going to be looking for their first win in six league attempts. Do odds of fifteen to eight offer any value to you? Do you know what at the moment Forest probably on a side I'd be looking to back. I think after six matches, we've kind of had that chance to really look at them, and I've not been particularly impressed by them so far. I think we, you know, we saw recently they obviously suffered that defeat to Bournemouth, and that that was a real shock for them. So. For me personally, with Nottingham Forest, I actually think they're going to be a side who will be battling to stay up. And obviously, James mentioned at the start of the show that, that they are going to be you know, a bit of a sleeping giant this season. But just in my opinion, I, I think they are going to be a side who probably will struggle. I think, to, or again, it's, it's that case of maybe adding so many players. I think it's always going to take so much time to kind of really gel. I'm not sure it quite works. And in terms of, I remember when Spurs played them, I think they played really well against us, but just didn't have a goal scorer. And that's something that might kind of let them down this season. So, um, yeah, I, th I think that's where they will be let down. And, and from a Fulham perspective, I, th I think they've started the season really strongly. And, of course, they've got firepower in their team with, with Mitrovic. You know, he's a guy who just keeps scoring at the moment. So, I actually do like Fulham winning this one. Obviously, again, you know, it's not great value, but uh, I, I think they've started so well. And um, they come up against the Nottingham Forest side who, who haven't looked great so far. So, um yeah, I, th I think Fulham win here is, is the way I'd go. 
Now, one issue for Nottingham Forest is goals. There's no doubt about that. I guess another issue, really, is shipping them at the other end because the last three matches, they've shipped 11. Now, yes, you could argue that they played Man City and Tottenham in that trio, but whoever you play, 11 goals against is kind of relegation currency. So, James, with that in mind, what have you got marked down for the over-under in this one? Yeah, just on the defensive side of things, I do think they will get things right there. Only Bournemouth conceded fewer goals than them in the Championship last year. And I think their instability at the back this campaign is largely down to the raft of new faces that have walked through the city ground doors. And once everything simmers down and Steve Cooper works out his best side, I think they'll prosper. But as far as goals are concerned, I do think we'll get a few on the River Trent. Both sides are better going forward than running back at present at over 2.5. Looks a decent bet to me at even money. While Jamie, Alexander Mitrovic will look to continue from where he has started this season, averaging a goal a game in the Premier League right now. How do odds of 11-8 to 8 sound for you in terms of an anytime goal on Friday night? Yeah, I, th- I think at the moment you just can't really bet against him. I mean, obviously, you know, made himself almost a must-have in, in FPL at the moment. Um, you know, as you said, he's got six goals in six games, so... I, I think he'll continue that. And against a, a Nottingham Forest side who, whose defence, you know, conceded 14 this season already, I think that makes them the third worst defence in the league at the moment. So I, I can certainly see him taking advantage of that. So just in the form he's in at the moment, you, you'd certainly have to back him getting on the score sheet. Now, next up, we fast forward to Saturday lunchtime as Wolves play host to Man City. James, can I put you down for a Diego Costa anytime goal at odds of 4-1? to one? I'll probably avoid that one for now. Costa said himself he needs at least two or three weeks to get himself match ready. So even if he makes the squad for this one, I can't see him starting. And even if he was playing, I wouldn't be touching it. This Wolves side really struggles when it comes to creating and indeed scoring chances. Well, Man City have scored eight in the last two visits to Molyneux. So I'm not giving the host much of a chance here. Well, to extend on that point, the last four matches have seen City win all four by an aggregate score of 13-3. So there could be goals in this game on Saturday. I'll ask you that in a moment, James. But Jamie, before I do, Man City, a fortnight or so ago, showed that they are least human when they drew at Aston Villa, even if Erling Haaland is seemingly from another planet. He's got 10 goals already. Do you reckon he adds to his incredible tally at the weekend? Yeah, look, by the same token, kind of went with Mitrovic in terms of you can't bet against him. Obviously, the same case with Haaland at the moment, you know, getting 10 in, in six is just unbelievable. I think, you know, he's really shown at the moment why he's probably one of the best goal scorers in the world. You know, he can have almost a non-existent game at times, but, you know, he still finds a way to get on the score sheet. So I can certainly see him scoring here against Wolves. Um, and, you know, you can even you can even get him to score two or more. Um, against Wolves at, at nine to four, and um, I think just given the form that he's in at the moment, you, you'd certainly have to say that that's a fairly decent bet. It's definitely worth a look, isn't it? But James, Wolves are the kings of the under two point five total goals bet. This has occurred in each of the last five league matches, but they now face Man City. So will City have too many goals to see this run extend to six? No, I think City will find more than enough here. As I touched on, they tend to score plenty of goals against Wolves, but. They've also only kept one clean sheet against them in six meetings. So while it's a bet I'd go for against pretty much any other side when it comes to Wolves games, this fixture does tend to be an exception to the rule. Well, Jamie, the half-time, full-time bet is always a good way to spread interest throughout the game. How do you think this one pans out at both minute 45 and 90? Yeah, OK, for this one, I'm going to go for a draw half-time Man City full-time win. Um, you get that 3-1. to one. Um, I think Wolves, they're a side who could potentially frustrate City. Just we've seen Wolves and how good they are defensively so far this season. They've not conceded many goals. They've only conceded four all season. So, you know, showed how defensively solid they can be. 
Um, yeah, I think it's obviously going to be very difficult to kind of keep City at bay. But I think in terms of, you know, best value for the, kind of this market, I think that uh, draw half-time, Man City full-time win at 3-1 to one is probably the best pick here. Yeah, I think I'd agree, actually. I think Wolves will have some resolve, but I think City will crush them in the end. So I think it'll be all square at the interval, but City will find three points come the final whistle. Right, before we move on any further, I'd like a correct score bet from you both. It doesn't matter where it is in the world, I just want that outcome spot on. Which means, Jamie, once again, I'll start with you this week. Yeah, I'm going to go for a pretty entertaining one here. I'm going to go for Everton versus West Ham. I'm going to go for a tool draw in this one, a, a very big 16-1. to 1. Um, I know these two sides are typically don't score too many goals, but I think just given the fact that West Ham are involved in European action this week, um, I think that that could have a factor in terms of, you know, West Ham might look a little bit more fatigued and, and kind of that could have an impact on their defence. So I think this is going to be a high scoring one. Obviously, it's, it's the main kind of the main game on, on Sunday with obviously the cancellations of, of Leeds, uh, Man United and then, of course, the big one, Chelsea, uh, Liverpool. So um, I think this could be a quite an interesting one on, on TV. And uh, I'm going to go for a tall draw between Everton and West Ham at 16 to 1. Fantastic. And James, what correct score are you hoping for this weekend? Yeah, well, we spoke there about City's penchant for goals on their trips to Molyneux, and I think it'll be a similar story against the Wolves side, lacking much in the way of cutting edge. So I like a 3-1 away win here at 11-1. to Fantastic. And don't forget to check out freebets.com for the best insight and betting tips ahead of this weekend. Right, there's three more Premier League encounters to mop up now. And first up, we head to St James's Park. Newcastle will play host to Bournemouth on Saturday afternoon. James, you can have 9-20 to on the Magpies earning maximum points. Do you want it? That do you that do you want it, Dan? Had a little bit too much intensity for me. I felt a little bit intimidated by that. But yeah, I think it will find its way into an accumulator of mine this weekend. I don't like to go too far south of one to two, but this is probably just about worth it. Newcastle have won three of the last four meetings and have lost just once at home in 15 games at St James's. So they're finally turning that place into a fortress. And despite the Cherries picking up a win at Forest recently, I think a result on Tyneside is a bridge too far. So Newcastle at nine to twenty gets the green light from me. Of course, Jamie, we shouldn't overlook Bournemouth and Gary Neal as interim boss. Four points from the last six on offer. Would you fancy the Cherries to continue their run on Tyneside this Saturday? Yeah, I, pro- I probably would say no for this one. Um, although it's quite interesting, actually, look at it. I, I think Newcastle, felt like Newcastle were having a very good season, but you compare that to Bournemouth, you know, Newcastle have only got one win this season. Bournemouth have two, so um, I think that's quite interesting, but... Look, I, I think Newcastle will eventually kind of really pick up and, uh, you know, go on to have a really strong season. And um, I, I think they will win this one, you know, especially at home. So, um, yeah, I, I think Newcastle wins definitely the way to go here. Right, next up, we're off to West London as Brentford play host to Arsenal. The Bees won 2-0 on the opening evening of last season. James, you can get 25-1 to for the same outcome on Saturday lunchtime. Is that of any interest to you? Well, it does seem like a big price on first impression. You certainly wouldn't put that result past the Brentford side that has lost just once in its opening batch of six games this season. Arsenal, meanwhile, have had plenty of time to stew over that defeat at Manchester United at the start of the month. And I do have my doubts about them this weekend. I think the Bees are worth a play in the double chance market at 11-10. to 10. Get that claps impressed. Now, Jamie, you've, I think, alluded to the answer on this one. But I'll ask the question anyway, just for good housekeeping. Much has been made of Arsenal being handed their first real test they subsequently failed that at Old Trafford. So do you think this is the game where they return to winning ways at odds to 4-5? to five? 
Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's, it is a tricky one. I think this is a game where you probably would have, you know, you would let you typically would lean towards Arsenal kind of winning the worst, especially given the form that they have been in this season. You know, reg- again, regardless of that Manchester United defeat, I mean, they're still a very good team. But as I said, I just think kind of given the context of this game with Brentford being in such great form, they obviously got that big win as well, you know, in, in their previous match. I think they beat Leeds, didn't they? So, um, I think they're a team who are in great form. I think the other context as well, as I mentioned, you know, 12 o'clock kickoff on a Sunday. I think it's a really horrible kickoff time to get up for the away team. So um, I think we could certainly see an upset here. I just think but Brentford have, have also been really impressive. They've got Ivan Tony, who's, who's just banging form at the moment. So um, that's why I can see an upset in this one. Well, that's absolutely fair enough. Let's talk about Ivan Tony now, though, James, because he seems to be powering Brentford this season. Brentford, actually... 15 goals already this season, the second joint highest in the Premier League. With this in mind, does both teams to score take your interest at odds of 8-13? to 13? Yeah, absolutely. It's not the best value bet in the world, of course, but it's 8-13 to 13 for a reason, isn't it? Five of Brentford's six games in the league this season. I've seen both sides score, while five of Arsenal's last six in all competitions have had that outcome too. So if you're after a bet builder this weekend, both teams scoring is certainly a leg that needs adding in there for sure. Well, Jamie, could this be another game where Gabriel Jesus finds the net? Could the value even be in him opening proceedings at odds of 9-2? to two? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's kind of gone off the boil a little bit, Gabriel Jesus, hasn't he? I think he started the season really strong and I think a lot of people kind of expected him to, to really, you know, kick on. But I think he's, he's dried up a little bit. I think maybe this could be a game to kind of get back to, to getting on the score sheet. But uh, look, I'm going to look to the Brentford team here in terms of goals and you have to kind of look at Ivan Tony for this one. And I think it's fairly decent value as well. It's 21 to 10 to score any time. He's 6 to 1 to score first. Obviously got five goals already this season. So um, for me, you know, given that I, I quite look at the a Brentford win here, I, I think that even Tony, uh, any time goal scorer is probably the way to go here. Yeah, I think that's a solid shout. Let's go to our final Premier League game of the weekend. It's the Davy Boys derby. Our good friends Everton playing host to West Ham. James, the Toffees have drawn their last four. Does odds of 12-5 to interest you for a fifth draw in a row? Yeah, I think that's the way to go in this one. Both sides need a result to really get their season out of the starting blocks, but I don't think there'll be much between them. Everton showed some fight in the Merseyside derby nearly a fortnight ago and will be confident of getting something here, but West Ham have won on their last couple of visits to Goodison, so there's plenty of weight on both sides in this one. So yes, 12-5 to certainly piques my interest for the draw, and also three of the last four meetings have been settled by a single goal, so I think under 1.5 has a chance here at 12-5 to as well. Might not be high on the entertainment factor. As Jamie said earlier, I think West Ham playing in the Europa Conference League on Thursday might add to that leggy effect, you know, the Thursday-Sunday cycle, and Everton have just become hard to beat. They're not spectacular by any stretch of the imagination, but they are solid and I think they're going to have any real joy of staying up this season. They need that platform, something they didn't really have last season. So they're going the right way. I think there's goodwill starting to grow at Goodison Park. It's kind of, if it's an oil tanker, it's slowly being pulled back into the right direction, but we'll have to see. But I don't think it's going to be very high on entertainment come the weekend. Now, Jamie, you actually said it would be high on entertainment. You went for a two-all draw. So have you kept in mind, though, that under 2.5 goals has been the the value bet in nine of Everton's last 11 home league matches. That's the kind of the form guide. So you're going against the grain, shall we say, on Sunday? Yeah, slightly, I'd, I'd say. I mean, look, we obviously saw in, in West Ham's last game, they were pretty unfortunate not to get a tool draw with Chelsea. So they've shown they can kind of go away to, to teams, especially a, a Chelsea team who have been pretty solid defensively this season and still score goals. So um, I think that that's kind of will be the case here. 
again, yeah, I mean, look, West Ham, have, uh, Everton, sorry, have obviously been pretty solid defensively recently. But uh, I, I just kind of see this one being a, a very close contest. Um, and uh, I, I think it will be an entertaining one as well. So, um, obviously, we saw West Ham nearly get that two-all draw against Chelsea. And I think that will be the similar case here um, at Goodison Park. OK, let's take a trip around Europe now because we've got a massive day of football on Sunday. Huge fixtures across the continent. So if you're planning on watching football, you might want to block out the whole day. Don't worry just about Brentford Arsenal and Everton West Ham. It goes a lot deeper. And this time we're going to go to new league leaders in Bundesliga, actually. It's not Bayern Munich because they have coupon busted three weeks in a row now. If you bet on Bayern, you're going to let out a big because they are ruining bets across the country. We're going to go to Union Berlin. They're 19-20 to 20 to beat Wolfsburg on Sunday. James, do you think they'll still be top of the table by the end of the weekend? I can't believe I've had to wait until episode 31 to get the Dan Tracy shriek. Uh, <laughs> it's certainly worth the wait, but yeah, in terms of Union Berlin, there's certainly far worse bets out there than this one. Union Berlin have started the season pretty superbly, actually, while Wolfsburg find themselves... Third from bottom, and that's only as a result of picking up their first win of the season last time out. The two traded home wins to nil last season, and with the visitors losing two of their three away games without scoring this season, I'm going to go for the home win to nil here at 13-5. to And do you know why the Dan Tracy shriek app has been revealed? Because I bet on Bayern Munich last week, in a very small accumulator, not massive of pounds or anything. One to five on, I thought they've drawn twice in a row. Surely they're going to let out their frustration against Stuttgart. No, even further frustration. And another... Bad bet from me. So don't take well, my advice. What I like to say to that, Dan, is when you back a leg in an accumulator at odds of one to five, you typically get what you deserve in the end. Yep, you do. So lesson learned on that front. Jamie, you're off to the San Siro as the big clash in Italy is champions AC Milan playing host to table toppers Napoli. How do you see this one panning out on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, this one's going to be a really good game, I think. I mean, obviously between the two sides in, in a third and first. Um, obviously, both teams heading into this game on 14 points and just three goals kind of separating them in the league. Um, the fact that the um, the games at the San Siro, I would give the edge to uh, AC Milan here. They've already beaten Udinese, Bologna and Inter Milan at home this season. So um, I think they'll do the same here and get another home win. Um, I think it's going to be a high scoring one as well. You know, both teams respectively have scored 13 and 12 goals. So two teams who, who do score a lot of goals. Um, and I like the look of an AC Milan win here and over 2.5 goals at 5-2. to two. Now, James, you're going across the English Channel next as Leon play host to PSG. Leon have lost their last two. PSG have only dropped two points out of 21. Do all signs point to an away win? And if so, what value have you got for me? Yeah, I think so. And it's probably one of the best times to back PSG when it comes to domestic action. Yes, they're in the Champions League in midweek. But even so, they should be too strong for this Leon side that has lost key players in recent months. Four to six for a PSG win is about as good as you're going to get as the league match result odds are concerned. So my advice here is to fill your boots. Well, indeed, because as you say, there's very rare opportunities where PSG offer anything near value. You know, when they like play Claremont Foot or Ajaccio, you think, why... I mean, I'd probably bother giving the example I gave a couple of moments ago, but in general, you shouldn't bother. This week, I think you would be very sensible in backing PSG to win. But Jamie, there is also the small matter of a Madrid derby on Sunday as well. It seems an incredible day of European football await, so who will earn the local bragging rights between Atletico and Real? Yeah, I mean, this, this was a fixture that I was kind of looking at for one of my long shots as well. I think this one, I'm going to go for a Real Madrid win here. Obviously, sit top of the table at the moment, having a fantastic season so far. 
Um, but I do think it's going to be a low-scoring uh, kind of win. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go here for a Real Madrid win under 2.5 goals, which you can get at 5-1. to one. Um, So I think that's fairly good value. But look, Real Madrid have obviously been fantastic this season. Atletico Madrid looked a bit off it. I think they lost in the Champions League to buy Leverkusen as well. So, um, yeah, a Real Madrid win here is, is for me personally, definitely the way to go. Um, again, going to be a low scoring one in, in my opinion as well. So, um, Real Madrid winning under 2.5 goals at 5-1, to one, I think it's fairly good value. Yeah, I'd agree on that front. I know Real Madrid had a small scare last week at home to Mallorca. They went 1-0 down, but then found their groove in the second half and pretty much brushed the island team aside. As you sort of say, in terms of Madrid derbies, they're never full of goals. So I feel your direction is going to be the right way to travel come Sunday. But James, one more stop for you. You're off to the Dutch Eredivisie as PSV play host to Feyenoord. What is the tale of the tape in this one? Well, what we're getting here is two sides in very good form, actually. Feyenoord are unbeaten in the Eredivisie with five wins and a draw from their opening six. Well, the only blot on the PSV copybook so far is a 2-1 defeat to FC20 in early September. Feyenoord are underdogs at 3-1, to one, but they're unbeaten in the last eight meetings with PSV. So I like them in the double chance market to extend that run at odds of even money. Well, Jamie, let's go double Dutch as AZ play host to Ajax on Sunday. Ajax have had a perfect start to their season in terms of Eredivisie outings. Do you reckon they can make it seven wins from seven in Alkmaar? Yeah, well, look, obviously English fans got to have a good look at Ajax on Tuesday at Anfield, obviously putting a very impressive performance against Liverpool. Um, and, you know, in the Eredivisie, they've made a fantastic start. I mean, a seventh win in a row on the weekend, if they can do that, would be a record um, in, in that division. So, obviously, it just shows how well they have started at the moment. Um, they're also a side who have been very good defensively this season. Conceded just three goals in the league so far. So, um, I, I think an Ajax win to nil here could be the way to go and you can get that at 12-5. Uh, to five. That's a top shout there. I think... As you say, Ajax have had a great start to the season. They are a bit of a class apart in terms of Dutch football. PSV final, not quite there really in terms of quality. So I think I'd be putting the house on an Ajax win on Sunday. OK, it's time for our final bit of business now, which is the odds on threefold. We all pick a leg each and combine it into an acre. Let's try and go for bets over one to two, but less than evens, and see if we can get another winner over the line. I'm going to go first. I'm going to drop down to League Two this week as Northampton play host at Rochdale. Rochdale are bottom of the table, having picked up just two points from 24, which means they're still looking for their first win, while Northampton are fifth, having won their last two. Therefore, my pick is a Northampton win at odds of 5-6. to six. James, what have you got for me? Yeah, I'm going to join you in League 2, actually, where Leighton Orient topped the charts thanks to four wins in five and four straight home wins. And next up, they face a Walsall side at home who haven't won in eight games. And the Orient win looks like good acker fodder at 17-20. to 20. It certainly does. And Jamie, what have you got up your sleeve? Yeah, I'm going to go to Spain for my pick and I'm going to go for a Villarreal win um, over Sevilla at 3-4. to four. Um, Sevilla at the moment, they're sixth um, in the table. They've lost three of their first five matches, so it's been a tough start for them. Um, and meanwhile, Villarreal, they're currently fifth and uh, they've won all of the home matches this season. So um, I think they'll do the same again on the weekend. And uh, yeah, Villarreal win over Sevilla at 3-4. to four. Fantastic. And that brings us to full time. So I just need to do the admin now before we wrap up. As mentioned before, if any of these bets take your fancy, make sure to visit the free bets website. And now I need to thank my duo of top guests. James, thanks for joining me this afternoon. I hope you enjoyed that one. Did indeed. Cheers, Dan. And Jamie, thanks for your time and sharing your betting insights with me. Thanks, Dan. All good. Cheers, guys. And also to the listeners out there. And with that said, it just leaves me to say that my name's Dan Tracy. This is the Odds On Podcast. And until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.